understanding that we're as a community, as people, as human beings, we're all connected. And, and because of that, we each have our own, you know, respective responsibilities in whatever creative capacity that may look like, you know, you guys are doing this podcast and sharing messages, beautiful messages with people around you. And, um, for me teaching these workshops, it's like planting a seed, um, in, in each person, hopefully that they can take whatever they receive from my classes out into the world and continue spreading that. episode um with uh, justine tf justine tf yeah we actually Do didn't get her, her last name which is kind of funny she mentioned it real briefly in the episode but it was kind of a swift ninja kick of a name so yeah. we're just going to call her justine amazing uh meditation practitioner uh turned teacher that we got to spend two days with you know so probably five yeah. or six hours with well, meditating four thirty. yeah and then the additional time before and after and so yeah i really got to hang out with this this young lady and mm-hmm. And and dig into the meditation space, which was cool. Yeah, you you had some profound um, uh, changes with your ideas and, and outlooks on meditation. It seemed yeah, like yeah, totally. And you know, I you know, meditation is, is is kind of like a very out of the comfort zone kind of thing for people. I'm sure the majority of people, but it was very um, kind of uh, comforting in that way to to have someone like her lead it you know, and guide you through it. Cause I've had experience with meditation before, but, um, as I say in the episode, I never had somebody teach, but even in those experiences with her guiding us, um, I did have a lot of visuals and a lot of imagery come to mind. And I don't really sit down for 30 minutes in that way with someone saying like, okay, now feel the top of your head, feel the tip of your nose, feel your feet, feel your legs. And a lot of times people's idea of what meditating is is like to empty out the thoughts of your of your whole mind or your brain but in this way it was like really engaging this embodiment you know really engaging in this relationship with your body that i couldn't help but have these visions you know and um it's not like they had to make sense but i really felt like in that in between of reality and dreaming so it was fun yeah no it's always neat when you when you come across something that you are familiar with but when it's changed for you, it gives you this different result that, you know, not to say it's better or worse, but it's a different result. You're like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you, you mentioned, for your meditation, a lot of your meditation recently has been through chanting. Yeah. And that's how you spend that time. So to sit and do it differently, different result, you know, not saying better or worse, but it's, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, how do I want to place this in my life now? Right. It doesn't have to change. You don't have to mm-hmm. say, okay, no, I'm not going to chant, meditate. I'm only going to do this. But you're like, okay, when I wake up in the morning, which one feels right for me? D- do I seem to be in a mindset where doing a chanting meditation is going to work? Or do yeah. I seem to feel like, oh no, maybe if I sit in silent, right. that's going to work better. So you just more tools in a toolbox, yeah, which that's, is cool. That's good. Yeah. You know, you have your options. How was it for you though? Um, it was good. I, I really days. enjoyed, uh, you know, being in that um, one-on-one, not one-on-one, but, you know, in a group where you, you have a guided uh, teacher in front of you. You know, I've, I've used guided meditation through apps and, and YouTube mm-hmm. videos and things like that um, for a little over a year now and and have seen great results from that. But having somebody there to to guide you through and then like you said the different you know it was the oh, tuning into the different parts of your body and then yeah. we also did a second type of meditation which was on the meta, second day yeah. which was a love and compassion type of meditation uh, where you're where you're sending love out to um you know your loved ones your family your friends you know and then eventually to the whole community and, and then the hard one was right sending it to people that are assholes yeah that was heavy. people you don't like you know and and yeah. trying to just watch how your body reacts to sending love to people that you don't oh, like. Dude, I had an it's involuntary weird. like head shake yeah. when that happened. <laughs> I like involuntarily like shook my head side to side. I was like, ah, cause like, you know, at the time when that had happened and we didn't really mention this in the episode, I don't think, um, when she's like, you know, you got to send compassion or love to those people that you don't like. And to me, I'm thinking about, you know, like, predators like sexual predators and like these kinds of people that i truly despise yeah you know because it's like 
to me, that is something that when you take that from someone, they never get that back, you know? And it was hard, like, not hard, I shouldn't say that, but it was an interesting kind of um, journey to send that kind of energy yeah. to these people that I don't really have a face to, you know what I mean? I don't, look, I don't think of yeah, a particular a person. person yeah. It's just that thing, and I'm just like, oh gosh, man, that's hard. I keep saying that word, but it was good for me. It helped, at least in a way, release kind of that um, tension, and I think that involuntary bodily head shake was just a result of you like clearing it. You yeah. know? Maybe that's something that I was just harboring and pent up, and it's just like, you know, you gotta release that, because how, how is that showing in your life? Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, how can we make a difference in that way? I mean, there's, right. there's, you know, there's organizations that you can, you know, maybe volunteer to help, but I mean, in grand scheme of things, you're not gonna be able to go out and convert a sexual predator to become a non-sexual predator. No. I mean, that's not our job description. And that's not something that I'm trying to do either, Yeah, right? so, it's, so like you said, so it's, it's for you to just say, okay, wh- why would, why do I have a hang-up with this? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's asshole people in the world, right? Yeah. And, and they do affect our lives, but not as much as we think they do, right? right. I mean, it bothers us when we hear about it, but in terms of the day-to-day, I think the energy spent being a light yeah. to the community yes. is, you know, the energy spent doing that versus, you know, harboring anger against, you know, idiots. Totally. It, you know, I mean, you're going to, you know, have a lot better benefit long term. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, obviously this kind of meditation practice and those things, it doesn't change my stance on how I feel about it, but it does help me come to a better terms of like this, this understanding of what that is. Yeah. And I think that was the, the beauty of, of doing that workshop with um, Justine for the past two days was really exploring outside of you know the, the your habituations or conditioning and and um you know you get all the different benefits obviously the f- physiological ones and all that but then you also get this very enlightened sense of being too yep. especially when we do like things like the mindful eating and yes, a, mindful a lot of information cool. she dropped on us too about it yep. was was very was very cool i like that um we even kind of wanted to get more of her personal story because we met her just kind of through Retta. Yeah, just randomly, yeah. Yeah, and we were really just supporting what Retta had going on because he's, you know, a yoga teacher of ours and, and a good friend. And then uh, turned out Justine was super cool. Yeah. So I, I feel like in that way, it was, it was a good way, um, it was a good purpose of having her on board and then we got to know her better and um, hopefully do some good for what she's trying to do out there in the world as well. Yeah, definitely, you know, definitely somebody, uh, you know, to connect with and stay in touch with because she is doing cool things mm-hmm. and, and is going in a similar direction as us, yeah. with, you know, in, in a different way, which is cool, right? I think a lot of people can relate to her story, you know, yeah. having this kind of parent's pressuring you to be a certain way and you having a loss of identity of who you are and really trying to find that self-discovery and self-actualization and um, just that whole up and down of that of that ride of trying to get there and then then when you finally and and I know she's not there yet she wouldn't say that but she's still progressing through all that just as much as we are so I think a lot of people who listen to what we're trying to do with Finding Balance podcast can relate to you know Justine's story yeah and appreciate that and find some motivation inspiration in that because yeah I mean I I find a lot of inspiration in the idea of of just going against, you know, what your family believes or, you know, just those strong beliefs, you know, it's Mm -hmm. always hard to go, you know, go against what your family believes you should do. So somebody that can break free and just say, hey, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's not, a good thing. Tr- yeah. Trust me. I'll, it's it'll not be, that I'll your parents or, or whoever else in, with, amongst your family or those that are close to you, you know, I'm sure they want the best for you, right? They have all the good intentions, but, but, then we, but then you also have to know, like, what is it that you love? Yeah. Or who are you? Like, these are some of the really deeper, more meaningful questions that a lot of us haven't really taken the time to explore. And I think meditation really opens up uh, the doorway to Abs- say, like, absolutely, yeah, yes. who am I? And what am I about? And what do I love? And uh, it's one of those things, like, um, you hear this saying a lot from people from different people different different walks of life is you know you do what you love right find a job that you love and you'll never work you'll a day never in your work life, a day in your life yep. and I like that but it's also like what do you love though and do you love yourself like maybe we should ask those questions first before we start finding work that we love Twinkies Twinkies he brought that up in the episode <laughs> Oh, All right. On, on, on the Twinkie note, we're going to uh, let you guys listen to this awesome episode with Justine. Wealth of knowledge. Try to connect with her in the socials, through her website. She's got some cool art, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, that I think helps to, you know, keep this meditation yoga process going for her. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, any way we can support this young lady because she, she's an awesome person doing some really great things. Right on, man. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.
how I ate all the Jack's McDonald's French fries. Yeah, sorry. And I ate that plastic toy. <laughs> and the plastic toy. I ate it. Yeah. What flavor was it? Uh, it's a it's a high grade plastic. Just you know. toxic. I was surprised. Just toxin. I was toxin surprised. flavored. <laughs> so um, we're recording. So whenever you guys want to, you know, say, <laughs> say something serious, we can totally do this. Serious enough. <laughs> okay. So Justina's um, that class yesterday was super good, man. It was um, amazing. We would call it a workshop, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, a workshop. Yeah. So just having a guided meditation, at least for me, I've I've never had a teacher, like I always said yesterday, to really guide me through meditations. I always just like read a book or I watched something on YouTube or something like that. And then I know Jesse was using an app at one point. Yeah, I use the app. I use Headspace. I've used Calm and now I use Oak. Where did you hear about those? Um, Tim Ferriss. Tim, Tim Ferriss. Ferriss's podcast. You mm-hmm. know, um, Headspace is a cool 10 day, you know, 10 minute a day. Like yeah, what, what, what you it. recommended yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a really neat way and it's all guided. So, you know, somebody's in your ear and 10 minutes is pretty easy. It's almost... Um, it's a good way to start, but as you get past that 10 days, you realize that you need that 10 minutes just to kind of quiet everything. And then the gold kind of starts coming in after that 10 minutes, mm-hmm. after you've been able to kind of settle in, especially when you're learning, it seems like, because you just, like Michelle said yesterday, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's the hard thing. People, it's this thing that's, meditation seems so simple, but then people put all these rules around it that seem to make it more challenging. But Justin, you would know better than that. So what's your experience on something like that? Well, I wouldn't say (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say they're really rules. Um, They're more like guidelines because there's so many different ways to meditate. Yeah. Um, I think if there is a rule, it would just be to come back to it again and again. Right. um, Because that's the practice. Um, And as long as you have a technique, it's not necessarily a rule. Like if you don't follow the technique, you're not doing it wrong by any means. Um, It's really more about observing who you are and where you are in your life and whatever comes up. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I really appreciated how, um, the workshop went yesterday was, you know, you were able to address everybody's kind of like personalities on like how they felt about the meditation and just kind of the things that they chose to speak about when you kind of let, let us do a little bit of sharing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but you also had us kind of share our history about like, uh, our experiences with meditation and things. And you kind of shared a little bit about, about, about yourself. I, I remember you said you first was introduced to meditation when you were 12. Yeah, I was what, what was that like? I was a kid at a summer camp, at a Buddhist summer camp. Mm. Um, so my family used to go to this Buddhist temple, and every summer they had a youth retreat for like three days. Um, and that was my first time meditating. I learned how to meditate from a Buddhist monk when I was 12. Cool. Do you remember his name or her name? Uh, Venerable Ming Guang. Wow. That was amazing. He's from that Taiwan. You that. From Taiwan? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you ever, have you ever contacted um, him? Um, since then or anything like that? Well, I saw him once a year after that. Oh, <laughs> so I was a okay. kid. Wow. I went there. Oh, every, gotcha. summer, so every summer after It just didn't yeah. end there at summer camp. And then I became cool. a counselor and, um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you like really were kind of groomed to come into this uh, meditation and being a teacher of it, not just like... Well, at that time, there were other things involved at the summer camp. Meditation was just like one activity. Mm. We had like arts and crafts and water balloon fights. And mm. Oh, so it was a full-on summer camp, but meditation right, was yeah. part of Well, that's awesome. I that mean, is super that, yeah, cool. That in there, right. cool. I had a totally <laughs> different experience with summer camp. There was a lot of shaving cream at my summer camp. <laughs> no meditation. <laughs> Not much sleeping. Havoc, really. <laughs> Injuries. Maybe we should have had some meditation. It would have helped. Yeah. <laughs> totally would have calmed us down. I mean, I mean, it's, it's worked for me yesterday. I had a really good sleep and I even woke up early. I think because... I had a really good meditation experience yesterday. Mm-hmm. I really was able to like calm things down and, and, and um, get to it. But I know you were saying that um, you really didn't start uh, going deeper into the practice of meditation until grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your experience leading up then, up to then? Because you had the summer camp experience. You were yeah. still seeing your teacher um, mm-hmm. once a year. So I didn't really develop a practice. That once a year thing really was just literally once a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I was in grad school, I was studying, I was going down a path of becoming a doctor and it's a very uh, strenuous, I guess, kind of profession. And meditation helped me. I thought I needed meditation to kind of Mm de-stress from that, from being in that environment. Um, and what I learned actually was so much more about myself, about who I was and what I wanted, truly wanted to do to be in service and live my purpose in this world as a person. Um, and that actually led me to leave grad school and pursue this path of teaching yoga and meditation. 
Yeah. What were your? Well, um, I'm just curious as to like what was your kind of family's. Did they have that an expectation? That's exactly of what you? I wanted to hear. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Because usually, if you're going to go be a doctor, there's yeah. some kind of pressure that you most most 18, 19 year olds don't decide that they want to be a doctor, right? So yeah, well, there was definitely a lot of family pressure for me to get there. So when I wanted to leave, uh, I just made the decision by myself because I knew, you know, I wasn't going to be approved. Mm. Um, what did your parents do for for work? Or, or they? So my father actually is a dentist. Okay. And my mom's a nurse. Oh wow! So right you so you're following your your family's footsteps then. I mean, it's yes. one of those expectations <laughs> high for that. Yes. And Truly. ironically, actually, I remember my dad used to meditate and he taught me how to meditate also. Mm. So, around, around what, the 12 years old or earlier or? Uh, around just around, around the age? same time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, he would, I mean, that's kind yeah, of a conscious decision your, to put your child into a Buddhist yeah. you know, summer camp. You would think that, yeah, they, they, they yeah, would have I don't think he knew what like he was that. getting himself into when he taught like, me that you though. Did. That's <laughs> all, all your fault, dad. <laughs> he didn't know that it would soon lead to you yeah. wanting to, you know, no, pursue your authenticity yeah, in a balanced hard. way, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't under really understand it at first, but I feel yeah. like he's more accepting now. He's in alignment. How, yeah. how many years ago was that, that you made the decision and, and decided just to go down the path of yoga, meditation, and, and this... Three years ago. Three years. Oh, so still fairly fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they oh, that's cool. Your parents at least come around and do they still say, hey, when are you going to go back to become a doctor? Or? Sometimes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's not, like, it's not like you can't. Like, maybe you'll find... Right. Like, I have a friend. His name is um, uh, Raven, and um, I met him through a, a school that, that I'm a part of. But he's a Buddhist psychologist, so wow. he put those things together but you know this school that we're a part of has kind of like turned this whole thing upside down as well too so it's always learning and growing and trying to like how you said pursue that authenticity and some kind of balance so harmony can be achieved so it's just an interesting story to like for you to come not necessarily like around but in that way of seeing like this was just really like a, a burdening on you and it was just weighing too much that the way you were able to open things up for yourself so that you could be Mm-hmm. Uh, living a more fuller, happier life was through what you're doing now. So I wonder is like the journey of the past three years and now you're leading workshops, what did it take for you to motivate or get inspired to do that? Well, um, I think when I really started getting into the practice, actually I shared my insights mm-hmm. after every meditation session, I actually would share on Facebook kind of the thoughts and things that I experienced during sitting Oh, neat! and yeah, I got a lot of feedback from people and then questions about how to do it because people were interested in it. And, um, so from there, I just really decided that people need this information. Mm-hmm. Um, so started putting myself out there and yeah, you also said that you, um, started the meditation club at your school. Mm-hmm. How'd that come about? So people were, like, I was asking for it or well, I needed it. You needed it. She needed it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the most thing we've ever found, right? You you have a need, you try to fill <laughs> yeah. that need. And that's why I started my stuff yeah, too, exactly. man. It's really what it is. You want to start bringing people that are like-minded around you, and if it's not there, hopefully you have the initiative to to create it. So that's that's how it got started for you. Yeah. Um, was there a, a big like uh, presence, like show, showing up, where people, a lot of people showing up for it? Yeah, it and it varied too, depending on you know what exams we had on any given week. Was but. there any particular kind of people like predominantly that would show up to your? No, it was really diverse. All diverse. Good. Yeah, good. all different. Nice backgrounds. But you were in San Francisco, right? For for college, so is that uh, correct? Yeah. So I mean, that's that city in itself oh, yeah. also has it's open minded to that's true. these types of things more than um, other places might be, and and like you said, the diversity is a, it's a pretty diverse city. I've you know, just a handful of times I've been there. Yeah, and it's a diverse city. It's a, school too. A great too. city, so yeah. But hmm. and then would you? So you would? Would you lead them through a similar meditation like we did yesterday? Is that kind of how that looked for you? For yeah. That? So actually, um, before the club was formed, I had been seeing my school psychologist okay. because I was so messed up, <laughs> and he actually recommended meditation regularly. And we would actually sit just one on one meditate. He would guide me through it, and when I told people that I was doing this, they were like, what? I need that. I want to do that. So then we just created a club where multiple people would sit and he would guide us through it. And, um, eventually I, I learned from him and led my classmates through it. So that actually was my first experience kind of teaching meditation. Hmm. So he came from a psychologist background, mainly Mm -hmm. 
but he was able to, because I know yesterday you had a good kind of like um, giving of, of information of like, you know, the scientific findings of things. And then you also had a good kind of spiritual thing of how it, uh, how that relates to. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little blend. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what he did too in that way? No. He's um, predominantly he, more the modern, <laughs> modern, you know he didn't do any modern scientist way. <laughs> no, he kind of <laughs> just like led us through it. Um, yeah. We just trusted the no process. Info. We knew that, you know, it's supposed to be good for you. So we just did it. He didn't use woo-woo words? No, it was all just breathing <laughs> and focusing on sound. And and I, I think being led through the process itself is very calming. So mm. that experience itself is explains a lot, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. about what, what meditation is. Hmm. Yeah, I was. I always am curious about it because it's like, like for me, um, I'm always looking at how what we have going on in modern society, right? Like the findings and all the science and all these learnings, which is great. But then there's also like, where's the part where the soul comes into play? You know, where's the part where that nativeness that we all have to be of a place? When does that come into play? And and how does it become just as beneficial or as on a common ground as sciences? Because there's always this, uh, I keep using that word always, but, but in my perceptions, what I see is that those things are put against each other as if they contradict one another or they're opposing, but they're not. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like indigenous people were scientists too. They just didn't do the kind of science that we had because they didn't compartmentalize and fragment those things and, and isolate them and try to objectify everything. They saw things as, as living as animate. Mm-hmm. So that's what I found really interesting was on your... Um, on your, uh, what do you call that? That packet that you give us? Mm-hmm. You said like 15,000 BC, right? Was it? Or 1500. 1500 BC is the first written, mm-hmm. right? And then you had a, a written record mm-hmm. of meditation. Obviously it was practiced much longer because not everybody had literacy or written language. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the, the predominantly known religions, which is like Christianity, Islam, and Buddhism. And Christianity and, actually is one of the, the younger religions that have adopted, adopted meditation. It. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, as a religion itself, it hasn't been around that long. Yeah, yeah exactly. As a re- yeah, it's Buddhism. not an older religion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the things for me is like animism is like the major religion that never gets talked about. And I feel like animism is where it probably started. I actually don't know what animism is. Animism is... Uh, I don't either. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a lot of times you get polytheism, which is like multiple gods. Monotheism is one god. Animism is the understanding that everything is living and that the gods are like the owners or caretakers, caregivers of all of these different elements and things that exist. Like a rock isn't an inanimate object. In animism, that rock has a life and contributes to the world as much as you do, but it has a role as a rock. And there's a caretaker that doesn't necessarily have to look like a human being, it's just an entity. But it's holding that rock of the together. Rock. Yeah. I'm so stoked I'm a human and not a rock, dude. Yeah, oh, boring life, bro. that's because you're, you're a human supremacist, sir. <laughs> Get over it. So anyway, animism is like the first kind of like religion that everybody as human beings was involved in. And, and it was kind of like folk, folk people, folklore, folk arts. That's where a lot of those things come from. And then they started to adapt into. So Polynesian culture would, Polynesian would culture fall is, under that umbrella it, then. Yeah, like animism slash polytheistic because okay. there's also this shift in the paradigm of understanding that things become more anthropocentric rather than ecocentric and soul-centric. And so anyway, my question was more about how <laughs> Oh, there is a question. Oh, good. There's tons of questions. Just in my a mind. rabbit hole. It just going takes down me a while to get there. You know, I like to tell stories. Um, so, my my question was, what is your opinion on these uh, written records of meditation and how they went about through time and how we're using them today, like meditation? Because at least from my understanding, is like meditation is used as like more of a tool to benefit our modern lives. When I think of those religions, it wasn't necessarily that. Is, would you say is it similar in that understanding I for you? I think it benefits, different? yeah, it benefits us in our modern lives because our modern lives have, are so far removed from I, what I feel, and this is my opinion, mm-hmm. obviously, so far removed from what nature intended us to be doing. Mm. And meditation brings us back to our natural state. And the fact that it's been documented for thousands of years just goes to show how much we need that connection mm-hmm. within ourselves um, as humans to thrive. And 
and the fact that it's you know lasted this long and for us to still you know to have found it and still be using it and still find value from using these tools um it's just i'm happy to be human and like conscious and aware that this is something that makes me feel more whole and complete and um there's something about a soul in that question too or <laughs> yeah <laughs> or is my was, mind just well, wandering will now you please repeat the question it was, it was i was saying how we went from like a um like a ecocentric kind of soul-centered way of viewing everything like everything has a soul and uh now it's more anthropocentric so i guess in that way like how you're saying as it, within your opinion it does help us bring bring us back to our natural state but then sometimes i imagine um because I do that too, but I imagine a majority of people in our modern society are using meditation to better their modern life, not bring yes. balance. They're like, how can I meditate so I can get more efficient as a stockbroker? Like, how can I mm-hmm. meditate so I can calm myself to go in there and give people prescription meds? You know what I mean? Straight off the bat. So I don't But even to. if you get like one out of 10 to convert over and actually use it for that true <laughs> trying to find their human, then you're doing good things, right? Yeah, if, I mean, true. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, right? You got to yeah, always remember. Nine out of 10 is get, better. Bro. You're being just greedy right now. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to use meditation to improve yourself as a human being. I mean, I think that's the whole, not the whole point, but that's kind of like a side effect of yeah. meditating. You kind of just become more efficient at everything that you do and better at communicating, better at making connections with other people. Um, and if you happen to do well in your job as a byproduct, uh, all the more power to you. Um, it kind of, where that gets a little... Um, if he is what kind of job you're doing you know you gotta be living the right livelihood in the first place assassins obviously, man so. I'm telling you assassins <laughs> need to start meditating they'd be so and much that's better that's <laughs> what I believe in as you know a yogi do mm-hmm. no harm yeah. yeah especially in the contributions you make to your society yeah so, so where does that fall into the, the timeline the uh, you know yoga and and it was that before meditation or was that post meditation when you found that for your life hmm. yoga yoga was after meditation oh. so i i discovered what meditation was but it wasn't a practice yoga was a practice before my meditation practice i okay. just happened to know what meditation was and how to do it but never really did it <laughs> what kind of yoga do you practice then hatha yoga oh, okay. mostly so it's a lot of um physical there's vinyasa involved it's a physical workout and then lots of meditation involved as well so it's a mix between the two mm-hmm. and, and there's like breath work too as well or in that not way? really breath work uh, a lot of focusing mindfulness on the breath mm-hmm. um, but i personally don't practice any breath manipulation mm. but there are there is that are you interested too. in it though yeah, absolutely. I've done it before. Oh, okay. um, it's just not in my personal practice. Yeah, what kind of um, techniques or methods have you have you dabbled in? Um, well, there's the breath of fire where mm-hmm. you press your belly into your spine repeatedly very quickly and using that muscle force alone to do the breathing for you. Okay, let's do it real quick. So you're not actively, you're not using your lungs. Okay, take yeah. a deep breath. Exhale all the way, squeeze everything towards your midline. Once you're down at the bottom of your breath, squeeze your belly towards the spine. And then staying there, bounce back just slightly. And then pull your belly back towards the spine. So when you do that, kind of just like rest naturally, pull the belly towards the spine real quick and allow the breath to come out of your nose. You feel that? Whoa, yeah, I can do that. That's the breath of fire. Oh. That's, That's hard. some crazy movement off of just like those fairly I mean, they're deep, but they're shallow. They're not long breaths, but that the movement it's is It's really just yeah. an abdominal activation, forceful breathing. So can you do that, 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 those circles, you know, I see on, on, um, on Instagram. Like the Hicks organ and Hicks and Gracie massage yeah, yeah. thing. Organ massage where they all Not like shift around. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, that's, a, that's a crazy one, man. It that's is. It's pretty difficult. Work, yeah. Well, what is, what is the prior, uh, kind of like benefit of, of practicing that kind of breathing? Like what, it, 
What that is, is that a great you? question. I'm like rolling through my index of <laughs> <laughs> information right now. Um, Once we start talking about popsicles, it's going to ding right in. For <laughs> <laughs> like, I got it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Breath of fire does this. <laughs> no. Yeah. But um, yeah, what is it? Is so it, it really kind of just resets your system. Okay. Um, so your body and your mind, everything's connected, all of your experiences. Um, so let's just take for today, for example, if there's anything that you went through earlier today that maybe you want to purge from your system, when you breathe like that, you're actually letting out, every time you move your lungs, blood more blood pa- passes through. Mm. So it's that squeezing of the blood vessels that go through your lungs, refreshing actually. So during that squeeze, oxygen and carbon dioxide and, and you know, stuff that wants to come out and stuff that wants to go yeah. in kind of gets exchanged. Yeah. You do that at a very rapid rate to kind of just flush your system out. Mm. All the capillaries on your alveoles. <laughs> it's like, they're all like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, because like, that's what you said yesterday was uh, one of the main ways that our bodies um, excrete or release yeah, like, toxins, through the pollutes breath. through the breath. Yeah. 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 So practicing that would definitely help people. Do you think in that way, like, um, kind of heightens your, at least for me, it kind of like heightens my, uh, my stress. But once you get used to it and you practice it more, it's actually a calming or how would you describe your feeling when you're doing it? So breath of fire. stress as in like you're using your muscles and you're going to be yeah, sweating. Like, yes. Of course your body will heat up and that's yeah. why it's called the breath of fire. Like ah, this is the life force and thing. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Your body will heat up and the, the heat actually helps with the, the purification process. Oh, okay. And, um, afterwards actually you may feel euphoric. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Like the uh, wind from the lack of breath. From <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> Go for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, because by dispelling all the, the CO two, the ox, you know, it's going to be similar to to a Wim Hof style, right? Breathing is that you're going to over oxygen over oxygenate your body and and purge that CO two, and so you're going to get that kind of euphoric feeling. Yeah. His 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 uh thing is big breaths like in and out, and then like quick too, just like succession of. <laughs> Like real, real, like lung compressing rather than just like towards the spine with your belly button. In this, in that way, do you, when like, uh, you teach yoga too. Mm -hmm. So do you work with people on that as well? Or is that just mainly your thing that you do? Because I know you said we were, we invited her to Kiyokai this morning. She's like, oh, I have morning routines that that I do. What is, yeah, what does that include? Since oh, we're not cool. Like, wait, you asked two questions. Eating you leftover asked burritos. I did. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast routine. Well, you asked about two things, so what do we ask you first? Oh, man. My morning routine? Yeah, yeah let's go with that one. Okay. Right. Yeah, we'll go with morning routine. So there are a few things that I always do, and not necessarily always in this order, but I make my bed, meditate, practice yoga, and read. Mm. It, it, and eat. Make <laughs> <Pink> coffee. <laughs> How long do you... Meditate, or do you just sit and kind of feel what you need for that I day? I sit, yes. Nice. So important to set the intention for the day. Um, so when I first wake up, I'm in that groggy state. So I sit and breathe until I feel myself come back into my body and am here and present before I move about the day. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I kind of just feel like I'm like in dream world and not really here and kind of just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So is fixing your bed kind of like the Zen rock garden for you? Yeah, it's the first step. It's yeah. one of those things you can do mindlessly. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel organized. Like, okay, got that done. Yeah. Accomplished. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think my second, my second question was about when you teach yoga, are you teaching people like breath of fire and things like that as well and meditation all in one class or is that divvied up? Into, I always sneak meditation always, in there. Always sneak it in there. Yeah. Like they, Sometimes the they don't know we're meditating. Beginning and end. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know you're meditating. And actually even throughout the entire process of yoga is moving meditation. I'm always cueing people back in, back into their bodies, noticing their hands, noticing, you know, whatever mm-hmm. we're working on. So, nice. cool. Yeah. I really like that. Um, even though I didn't eat anything, I used the water, was that, that eating meditation, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like, uh, was it mindful eating, right? Mm-hmm. And then you read the passage from Thich Nhat Hanh mm-hmm. in his book. What was the book called? It's called How to Eat. How to Eat. <laughs> <laughs> so simple. Yeah. Um, but in that way, 
how would you just des- how would you describe it in your in your words when you take someone through that experience mindful eating yes yeah, yeah. such an easy one for people to it's so easy grab a hold dude. of right it'll and take never them only it. a couple of minutes and, and so this would be a good one to, uh, it's for good people to really pay attention to and say hey this is something easy a good way if you are curious about meditation mm-hmm. or or anything try this out because it's so simple to do you're right. going to eat today i guarantee you unless you're kale then you might not eat mm-hmm. <laughs> most people are going to eat today <laughs> yeah so the process okay. of meditation is quite simple if you have a method <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and eating is one of those um that you can con- continuously bring your mind back to um and eating is something we do three or four times a day um but can be very easily overlooked so it's sure. nice to bring the mind back to something that nourishes you and mm-hmm. sustains you um so the pro- what it's like for me to lead people through it actually is a heightened awareness for myself. Like I'm more mindful about what it is that I'm doing because I'm leading people through this and mm. noticing things. And it's actually kind of fun because I get to point things out to people that they haven't noticed. So I'm like discovering new things. Mm. So when I'm pointing things out to you guys, like maybe noticing the texture or whatever in that moment, I'm noticing what the texture is like. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a free flow of thought. It's like living thoughts that are just yeah. happening. It's, you're not really like pre pre described like narration. You're just like, yeah. you're in the moment too. Yes. Hmm. I That's use cool. my, my own senses as the indicator of what it is that we're experiencing. Cool. And I, with my experience with the water, it was, it was nice because of, um, just like how I said, it was like it was like you you feel the water, cold water start to warm, and you're like, whoa, like that was fast, and it's like yeah. just kind of knowing that 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 energy, that heat, is something that you're emanating all the time, and then something that is so critical to our existence is water. You know what I mean? How how do we say it, it was like uh, air, water, water then sleep, and then food? Yeah, food, yeah, like to to your survival needs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess. In that way for people, is it something that you would say that they do when, when they're going to eat any meal and really just kind of take their time with it? Mm-hmm. And was that, would that help with them feeling more satiated or does that really have to do with I the think so. nutritional density of that food they're eating? Yeah, I think anything that you do with intention is um, important. So even when you eat, mm-hmm. if you have the intention of just br- even bringing your mind to what it is that you're eating instead of trying to shove that thing from here point a to point b being your stomach as quickly as possible (laughs) you know just taking a moment to really acknowledge what it is that you're holding in your hand before you put in your mouth or even like what you're seeing like all the different colors in that food i know i was just thinking because then that would actually deter a lot of people from eating some of the bad food that they know they shouldn't be eating right so it's like like a a very like what is it that you're exactly no twinkies are bad twinkies are totally fine they're healthy (laughs) mindful eating is such a deterrent dude i didn't even know that is so good i'm gonna start doing that whenever i whenever, order, whenever you order, want a twinkie whenever i want a huge freaking pizza <laughs> <laughs> that's just like what i do how many slices should i cut into you don't need to slice it don't need, i'm gonna look at pizza. it like that's like from a cow that's dairy from a cow i don't eat it let's <laughs> like, cry i'll cry over pizza well, that's, the, that's the whole thing like people i don't i am vegetarian most days mm-hmm. probably like 99 percent of the time but um I, I don't have a problem with people eating meat. I have a problem with people eating meat and not being grateful, like not yeah. even being aware of the fact that this was, this used to be a life and this animal gave their life for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Damn yeah. you. Damn it's, you. Yeah, it's a little, we're a little disconnected I from what we put into our bodies. Well, I just realized I'm an asshole. After all of our episodes, after all the people we've talked to, only now you know. Nah, I think you can give yourself more, more credit. So. <laughs> you're, you're, you're forgiven. You're a gentleman, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an oxymoron. But um, I guess in that way, like how you're saying was, um, you know, benefiting uh, your life, you're becoming uh, more human and more effective in what you do. Uh, it's all about the relationship. And a lot of people aren't committing to relationships outside of what they experience with a human being or with their phone. Uh, yes. So when you start doing that with your food, which is your necessity to live just as much as water is, I think it's really doing amazing work for people to you know, stop these, this industrial raising of, of, of cattle and stop destroying our forests because that's, that's what I care about. And that was kind of like what I was wondering where, where you kind of stand on it. But everybody has to do their work in order to make those big changes. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's part of what you do with your yeah. meditation is contributing to... 
um, the bigger world. Yeah, and a know, big part of that uh, mindful eating is seeing, like you said, everything that went into that piece of food that yeah. brought it to your hand and about to go into your stomach. Yeah. Like a, a piece of raisin, for example. Like how long did that grape tree take to grow from yeah. a seed into a tree into blossom into Actually fruit. Have fruit? Yeah. And then to have that fruit be picked off by farmers and then processed and dried or whatever and then packaged mm-hmm. and then shipped to the store. So <laughs> much energy. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. For one little yeah. box of raisins uh-huh. too. Like, yeah, when you start thinking about it, you're like, yeah. for one box of raisins. <laughs> Do you have a lot of these conversations with people like in your social circle? Is this something that you're able to share with like on a regular basis or? Regular basis, yes. Not very many people though. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. see. I have yeah. a few close friends who are, we talk about this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you do you think that is kind of like changing, and do you see like more people coming into that understanding or wanting to experience it? Because I know yeah. yesterday's class had the the two uh, those 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 two ladies that came there were just like we don't know. Like, well, no one or, the, or the one, parent, yeah, yes. she had done the other like one did, yeah. yeah, the other one. Sorry, was still trying to figure it out, but her brother was, I guess, had been doing it and had some yeah. some really solid results, and that's. You know, it's everything, right? We talk about the modern society. I mean, you have to have those results. That's what brings people in. Yeah, truly. Which is, which is a sad thing, but it's just the nature of the time we live in. And so... Yeah. Well, we're well totally said. getting results, though. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. look at what we're doing now, talking about meditation yeah. after having meditated. And yeah. we're about to meditate, and we're some, meditate more some more here in Hawaii. <laughs> and we're like so far west from where it all started. Like it went all the way around the world. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah. So that so you're, you you say this is a very promising thing that that a lot more people are getting involved and that's yeah, your, your experience expansion. as a teacher mm-hmm. people's mindsets i would imagine are just a little more open to it too and that it it doesn't seem as woo woo for lack of a better term right than than it had yeah, been even five years ago right i mean it seems like much more enough people are talking now. about it yeah. well, and, and the science yeah that helps right when you have science says no mm-hmm. seriously look at these look at the graph it works Right. Look at these people. Their brain grew. Yeah, yeah, their brain grew. <laughs> so unless you don't want your brain to grow. <laughs> you know, a lot of people could care less. No, but I mean, Uh-oh. but anyway, yeah, I'm not going to go to that route. But, <laughs> but um, so do you, do you think that like, like when, when, when you were talking to us yesterday and there's certain things that you would say and you kind of just wanted to like back up a bit and you're like, oh, is, is that too woo-woo? Do you find in your experience that a lot of people are, are kind of, immediately like throw up a, an affront to that. It's like, I don't want to hear any fairy tales, like kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Do some f- people are, some people are really skeptical, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to terms like vibrations and things. And mm-hmm. what's funny is I, man. I actually used to be someone who thought that like the spiritual psychic world is very woo woo mm-hmm. when they talk about vibrations. And then I studied physics and I was like, Oh wait, everything is a vibration. Everything. <laughs> it is everything <laughs> that exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so but it's okay when you're talking for it to be a vibration, but if you have to sit there and be quiet, then it's not okay for the vibration. <laughs> like, wait, what? No. <laughs> so it's so much of like, I, I feel like people that are interested in meditating or want to start to meditate or get involved with it, whatever it may be, it's like you can't come into it with this like egoic mind of like, oh, well, this is how I want it to be for me. You know what I mean? And um, I appreciate like what you do. You're, you like how I said before. You do address kind of everybody's personalities, and you try to, you know, assess and 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 make it all inviting and and, and um, inclusive. But don't you do you feel that at some point like your um, teaching or your you know method should should be as it is, as authentic as it is, and not having to cater to like someone who's just like expecting you to use all this language that benefits them. Like, do you ever feel that way or? Well, meditation should benefit everyone. Yeah. But do you feel like you personally have to bend the way that you understand things for others? No, not necessarily. I think the, the understanding of it, whatever it is, is universal. Mm. Um, but people may need different language to understand it in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't think that I've done my job as a teacher if people don't understand what I'm trying to teach. So I'm constantly trying to assess to make sure like is the terminology sure. I'm using making sense to you? Yeah. Like, like does, is this applicable to you? Cause that's really the whole point of teaching is, you know, if they can't take it home and do it by themselves because they don't, they're just opposed to whatever word I used, yeah. <laughs> then we'd be missing the point. Yeah. So in a situation where, you know, like we were talking about yesterday and you sit there and, you say, was that too woo-woo for you? And somebody were to actually say yes. Mm-hmm. 
where do you go from there? I would ask them what their so you just try to try thought to dig process a bit. was. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> is, are, are, is it usually, are they hesitant? I mean, are they, do they, do their defenses come up in that case or how does that kind of look in a lot of, in a lot of cases? Uh, just skeptical. Yeah. Like kind of a questioning, like, oh, I don't know if I want to go there with you. <laughs> That's true. As I, I guess, um, at least for, for me with the things that we do with, with the fitness methodologies, a lot of it's outside and it's connecting back to the natural world and having this understanding that your health and, and wellness is directly linked to the environment that you're involved in. And um, whether you're importing everything, like how we do here in Hawaii, and those things are coming from somewhere else, that is affecting your health and wellness. And so where it's coming from, the source, you need to be sure that that is a healthy place too, and those things are being, being treated well. So for what, for what I do with, with the methodology, is like not everybody's gonna be a part of it because they just can't do it. Like they just can't remove the barriers and the conditioning that they have. They can't unlearn, you know, something um, in that space. So for me, I, I don't cater to them. I just say, okay, you know, that's all right. It's not for you. But this is my understanding of it is like once enough people get involved, those kinds of people who couldn't break through are gonna try harder to wanna be there because they're like, oh, well, everybody's doing it. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, great things don't happen with groups. It happens with f- certain individuals that actually, you know, are trying to make these changes. And so, I don't know. That's why I brought up the question just to see your, your stance on it because everybody's kind of thing is, is, is contributing to, at least I would hope so, their, their own authenticity. I guess I'm, I'm str- my questions are more like wondering where you're at because I struggle with those things myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like how far do I bend to where I'm still me mm-hmm. and not just catering to this mainstream thought process mm-hmm. that is now colonizing me? Do you ever like think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say in an environment like a meditation setting, people who are opposed to it actually are in the minority. <laughs> mm. Um, mm. And so I would... I mean, I would hope that they see see things the way that you know we see and and can adopt or learn at least something you know to integrate into their own practice, whatever that may be outside of the workshop. But you know, if they're with us, I would you know have them make the best use of the time with us. Like this mm-hmm. is what we're going to be practicing. Um, so whatever adjustments you need to make to make yourself feel like you're a part of this community, and um all for that. I mean, I think that goes with yoga too. Mm-hmm. Like some people, if they've had an injury or whatever and they can't do a full expression of a pose and they right. need a break, they just do something else for the time being. Um, yeah. And I think that's where it opens up, you know, yoga and meditation, like Justine just mentioned, you know, if you're, if you're showing up for something like this, I mean, you might be hesitant about a few things, but your overall, your mindset is, you know, I'm here for this purpose, right? I mean, mm. very few people stumble upon yeah, a meditation workshop or, or class or, or yoga, same thing, right? You don't necessarily walk by and like, you know what? Yoga, yeah, today's a day. I'm going to walk into this studio. <laughs> I'm going to try it out right now. <laughs> That's yeah, how and, I did. And it. I have had people walk out of yoga classes too because it just wasn't like what they were feeling for that day. Like halfway through class, they're like, this is too slow or whatever. And, and like, they just walk out. out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I <laughs> couldn't do that. That's fine. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> That's how I got involved with yoga, though, was um, I had um, a, mas- a massage session um, with my really good friend, uh, Matthew. Okay. And um, he's been learning, like, this Kealohoku Lomi Lomi methodology. And he gave me a massage or, like, body work. It's more than just body work, though. It's, like, on a very, like, cellular level kind of thing that, that he's working with for three hours, you Damn. know. And then when I was done, he was like, go do whatever you feel. And I was like, I'm going to go to yoga. <laughs> and that was just what happened. I never thought about it before. I wasn't, I wasn't like committed to yoga. I just like got off, got off wow. the, the table and I was just like, I'm going. And I just went straight to like, who and like went to one. But you're also, it was awesome. I just did it every you're day. You're also a lot more open-minded than a lot of people are. Yeah, man. And thank you. Your, your That's the first living. compliment you gave me today. <laughs> no, I, I, I am much more open-minded than most people. And um, I think that just has to do, at least for me, is when you have a society that you're a part of where there is a dominant culture that says, like, 
science is the number one rule and everything we're doing is, is like inevitable and this is the most advanced civilization we live in and everything is progress, you know, and screw the world. <laughs> Everything's a resource and everything be bought and sold. But then I come from a culture that's like, nah, that's not how we lived. That's not how we did things. So it wasn't, it was very easy. Not, it was much more of a smooth transition for me to be like, okay, everything I've learned in school and then in college and then throughout my life experience was just one way of living. It wasn't the whole spectrum mm -hmm. that the world exists in. So it's much more of a smooth transition for me to go from one, one thing to the next. Did you, do you find that for your, your um, own culture too? Because you're, you're, you're mixed or are you predominantly one um, ethnicity? So my parents are from Taiwan mm -hmm. and I grew up in a predominantly Chinese culture. Mm. So uh, Chinese people colonized Taiwan, but I'm not going to get into that. Cause oh, it's here like, we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, so I'm Asian. I just, I identify as Asian cause I was born and raised in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the Buddhist actually, the Chinese Buddhist side of that whole experience growing up, um, definitely supports my practice now. I think without having that, this probably would have like yoga and meditation and all that probably would have not been as accessible hmm. um, because I, I mean, I went to summer camp as a kid just for fun, you know, just like hang out with kids and right. meditation happened to be like one thing that we did. And um, so when it came back around again as an adult for me, I was like, oh, okay. Like it's how knowing the technique and being able to get into it actually helps me with so many other things hmm. that like, I just, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it would be like for someone to not have had that experience as a kid and then to try it <laughs> for the very first time right. as an adult and yeah. like maybe not even really understanding what the monkey mind is because they, they're so, they <laughs> cannot detach themselves from that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it's interesting. Like when when you're exposed to something so young, it, it kind of kind of like normalizes in your life. Uh -huh. And even like yeah. how you said, like you just did it for, for fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like this thing that has now channeled itself all the way through to your adulthood now, right. and and now you've become this this uh, teacher and mentor for people, you know, and how to do these things. Um, I kind of wonder too. Is like so, you're Taiwanese, mm -hmm. and we don't need to talk about the the whole po political. Aspect because we have that here too. Yeah, just call me. I'm just an islander. Yeah, you're islander. <laughs> yeah, you're I actually islander. do have some Polynesian in me. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, good. How'd you find that out? Uh, ancestry DNA. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did that too. Yeah, it was. It was. So that was an interesting thing. It's like because in that way, when you do your DNA test, you they kind of like break down the, the, the regions and, and, the, and the localities of like where your ethnicity comes from. I'm freaking Mongolian. <laughs> you are. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably, they, they say that thing too, that majority of people like in, in mainland Asia are like descendants of Genghis One Connor. in 500. That's what it was. One yeah. in 500. One in 500. What an interesting Direct descendant. Fact. Father to son. Direct yeah. descendant. We're all related. Yeah, we're all related. That's, yeah, but it's crazy really within cute. like a last 600 years that you're still like, I mean, that guy was crushing it. I don't know <laughs> 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 yeah, great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was getting to <laughs> was, um, so you were raised in uh, California. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have this feeling that like you were in two homes, like you had two homes or like two places to be, or did you have a strong community growing up that were majority Taiwanese or Chinese or what was that experience? Yeah, like? I was in a, a predominantly Asian community mm -hmm. in Arcadia, California, and we called it Arcasia. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I didn't really strongly identify as Asian American until I was in college when I took an ethnic studies class and I was like, Oh, what other people are like me <laughs> for some reason there just was this like disconnect. Like every time I looked in the mirror and saw myself, I just didn't recognize who I was. I like desperately wanted to be white for some reason, like wow. growing up in Southern California. Um, I just, maybe it was me trying to distance myself from that Chinese culture. It just, it was, it's very oppressive, especially towards girls. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So did your parents come from Taiwan or was it your grandparents? My parents your did. Your parents did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty close still to, uh, you know, being back home then for you growing up. I mean, a lot yeah. of times when it's that first generation kids, 
they're raised very close to home style, right? It's not Americanized as much right. as, you know, if you have kids now, then yeah. it'd be a little different, right? So you're so, in one world at home and then in a completely different world at yeah, school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That's, yeah. It's, it's pretty heavy probably to deal yeah. with to shift back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I went to school in Taiwan too. Um, going back there actually wasn't, I, I felt like an outsider there too. Oh, weird. Did they treat you that way? That's why? Mm, I mean, the culture is very different, and I always just felt more comfortable speaking English. um, So you speak the language too? I speak Mandarin. Yeah, that's the national language there. Um, I don't really have an accent, but I think the culture is just very different, and the environment itself is very different. And I just... Especially like I said, being a woman, it's challenging, right? You go back home, and you're like, wait, it was already hard in the States and you go to Taiwan and you're like, Oh dang, it's crazy hard out here. Yeah. And well, I don't, I don't think being there or in LA is necessarily home anymore. Mm. It's kind of why I've found my way to the middle of the Pacific ocean. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like halfway quite literally. Oh, man. I just feel like so much of that has really, um, channeled so much of what you're doing. You know, do you, do you feel that way too? That it was kind of like this, Fulfilling I feeling my destiny kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I just feel totally. like those, like those kinds of experience that you had really led you to be this way, yeah. you know, not, I mean, I, I mean it in the best possible way because like, even for me, I can identify that mm-hmm. too. It's like when I was growing up, I was traveling around a lot cause my, my, my parents were like in the military and worked, worked in, in different um, divisions of what that means. Um, so I went to a lot of different uh, countries and, when I was younger, I, I had that influence of my grandparents who, who are from Molokai and I was always kind of like in this in-between because I was, you know, a brown kid from Hawaii that was in all these other places and never really fit in. Where If I go to California, I was Mexican. You know, I yeah. go to ja- Japan, I'm like Korean black. <laughs> like, you know, so I'm just like, who am I? And then, and then I, you know, once I graduated and I come back home, now I'm doing what I do. Because I felt like I had to find my identity. I had to find out my roots and, and where I kind of like belong, you know? And so I, I can identify with that. That's why I was really curious on what, what it was like for you in those, in those ways. What about you, Jesse? Did you ever feel like that too? Well, it was, it was funny because I, you know, I was born in Hawaii, but then my dad took uh, my sister and I to California when we were kids. And I lived in California for, for five years. And I, I moved back to Hawaii when I was eight. And you know, I'm, I'm part Hawaiian. And so I always wanted to connect, you know, you live in Hawaii. If you, if you're part Hawaiian, you want to connect to that side, but I was always the white kid. Mm-hmm. And so it, it drove me crazy. And I mean, that was, you know, growing up, I mean, I, I got in a lot of fights and it was just one of those, you know, trying to prove that I fit in here, right. Coming, you know, like you said, no, totally. come back home and you want to try to fit about. back in, you know, you don't really have a home. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to be here, but I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you're whiter than me, but how come you're calling me the holy kid? You yeah, know? It's like, totally. What the heck is going on here? And so I've seen that too, man. It's heavy, man. I mean, yeah. It, it, and it's, it's just a weird being a kid is, is challenging. You know, kids, kids, it's hard to be a kid. You it know, is. kids need guidance in how to grow because they just, the kids that are around them, they're mean. <laughs> and so kids really need to like be show shown that kids people need overall, meditation too. They do, do need meditation absolutely. Yes, I'm going to try uh, to drag my son is here with us today. And English actually, what it is is so their parents to to need meditation. Totally, <laughs> their teachers need meditation. Yeah. Yes, yes. You got to get to all the influences, influencers. You got to get to the root of the whole thing. Yeah, man. It's so it's a it's a very funny thing of like, I see it two ways. Sometimes we treat kids as like little adults and then sometimes we treat them as if they don't know anything like <laughs> like you are gonna just have to like deal with it because you're just a kid be seen and not heard yeah know, totally do what i say yeah and i think everybody needs to have this kind of um self-actualization this kind of self-discovery of of, of what it means to be at that particular life stage that you're at mm-hmm. so that you can continue to move forward in a way that you become a fully fledged adult and a lot of that's not happening right now well because yeah maybe then you don't end up going to doctorate school because just and, and someone said because yeah, yeah because your parents dude. were like hey this Ugh. is what you this is what you're going to do and, and you just grew up saying this is what i'm going to do mm-hmm. because your parents i'm not necessarily your parents but parents in general they want they want better for their kids right their parents always want their kids to live a better life but i think the problem is parents forget that your better is different than their better. Yeah. Right. And where is better found, y- you know, because is having more money better? Well, it can be, but if, if you have a lot of money and you're miserable, then mm. it doesn't seem better. 
you know, versus, you know, are you traveling around and, and enjoying your life and, and seeing the things and doing the things that bring value? Are you living every day like it's a gift? Mm-hmm. That's where, where life matters. You know, the fact that you could look at your bank account and say, oh, I got more money than I would ever need or spend. So what are you <laughs> going to do with it? You know, if, if you're stuck in an office uh, for 14 hours a day to keep that account up to a level. Yeah. I don't want to say your life is sucking, but your life isn't awesome either. No. If you're stuck in a place 14 hours a day because that's, you just want more money, I think you've gone off course. Yeah. What have you lost in, along the way? You know, yeah. what, is, what is the fullness of your life that you're just not experiencing because you're dedicated to the almighty dollar? Yeah. And now it runs you. You're not running much of anything else. Man. Do you, so in your way of um, holding these workshops and teaching yoga, what would you say is kind of like your your kind of dream or the thing that you want to realize, you know, in, uh, in the community around you. Yeah. What does that look um, like? Stepping away from that lifestyle that you're talking about, 14 hour work days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, really just have people become more aware of themselves as contributing members of society. Like that's a really big thing for me, understanding that we're as a community, as people, as human beings, we're all connected. And and because of that, we each have our own, you know, respective responsibilities in whatever creative capacity that may look like. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are doing this podcast and sharing messages, beautiful messages with people around you. And um, for me, teaching these workshops, it's like planting a seed mm-hmm. um, in, e- in each person, hopefully that they can take whatever they receive from my classes out into the world and continue spreading that. Mm-hmm. You love that term, you know, planting, uh, planting the shade trees that you'll never sit under, right? Yeah. It's like you plant these seeds that you're like, well, I, you know, hopefully somebody else waters it. Yeah. You know, especially if, you know, if you meet people for the one, t- one time for a seminar, in most cases, you know, you get somebody in and, and you won't see them again. And so you're like, hopefully it was planted well enough where somebody comes along and waters it down the road and, and then this thing grows, right? And you mm-hmm. just kind of keep planting these seeds because I guess we don't know any better, right? We want to just keep, yeah. keep trying to spread the good because of how much good it's caused for our lives right absolutely man and that i guess that's 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 primarily the thing is you can't have much of an expectation you know and i think that's kind of like what my what my questions were kind of in the in the beginning was like what do you you know where does this at where is that but you know you can't hold on to that right you can't hold on to this expectation of of you know you might have the dream now of what it looks like but then you know three days later three years later however it goes 30 years later it's because it's a whole nother thing now Mm -hmm. you know so i i've i myself like I think in our each little way, planting those seeds, some people are going to plant them. Some people are going to nurture them so that they can sprout. Other ones are going to feed them even more so they can become saplings. And then hopefully they can mature into this big, beautiful tree that continues to bear fruit. And, and they then start planting seeds for other people. Yeah, there you go, yeah. I, I wanted to kind of take a, a, left, a slight left turn, but yes. I looked, up, I looked your, up your website and saw that you do art. So I wanted mm-hmm. to just touch on that. We you know we're, we're, we got a handful of more minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just wanted to touch on that and kind of get an understanding of where that fits into to the puzzle. Yeah. Well, I've always been very creative. Okay. And as a child, I wanted to be an artist. That was my dream. Didn't think that I could do it because I had to be a doctor. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and how um, do you make money as an artist? Yeah. <laughs> Starving yeah. artist yeah. syndrome. Right. Make art. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah I'd always been a doodler so in college I actually started taking photos and scanning my doodles from my notebooks when I was supposed to be taking notes in class and created a blog and um, landed my first freelance jobs actually before I went to dental school and art and yoga were the two things that like kept me sane in meditation during dental school and I just I've always wanted to be an artist, so I still make art. And actually, this year I made a resolution to be making art every day. Um, I put two hours in there, but it's not been happening. But at least it's happening every day. What, what type of art uh, have you been uh, messing with around, messing with these days? Most recently, lots of images inspired by nature in Hawaii. So beautiful here. Um, stars. I went to Haleakala last week and saw the stars without the moon in the sky. It was so oh, beautiful. Yes. Amazing. Uh-huh. You mean like, like this Monday, like kind of week last, or? uh, Friday. Oh, Friday. Okay, yeah. cool. I was in the crater. That's why for Monday and Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're up in the crater. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was in the crater. <laughs> yeah. You were you camping? 
No, it was just a night hike. Oh, night hike. Oh, yeah. sick. Nice. Yeah. What did you do? What was the route? Did you go from uh, the top just down and come back up or? The sandy trail. Yeah, the sliding <laughs> sand. Sliding sand. Sliding sand. Yeah. Sandy. That's sandy. Right? It's sandy. It's quite sandy. And then you went down and then you went just right, right back up? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> just curious. So that's, so that's what you you're like That's so easy. That's a hard so that, No, no. I was curious as to like what you were seeing because I've been there. By water, the ocean, mountains, flowers. Nice. I paint with watercolor and yeah, I know Reda was kind of bringing it up um, uh, to us before a couple of other classes, wanting to support you and your artwork here at Evolution uh, mm-hmm. Yoga oh, Maui Studios, which is where we're at, everybody. So please come to Evolution Yoga Maui. Sorry, we forgot to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, we got to put some plugs in, bro. Absolutely. Where <laughs> have you found a place here to uh, display and sell your art on Maui, or is it not in any brick and mortar place yet? Because no, online Just would online, be so. Find yeah. the website. Mm-hmm. Okay, Justine so that'd be a good time. Com. Justin, Justine. Yeah, so where can everybody find you then? At JustineTF.com. Cool. Wait, you, what was that? One more time? <laughs> <laughs> Justine I'm on Instagram too. I'm, yeah, that's I haven't what really I was curious. Updating that much, but it's uh, my handle is JustineTF. J U S T I N E T as in Tom, F as in Frank. What does the TF stand for? My middle and last initials. Awesome. It's fan. Okay. Yeah. I also tell that people it's very tooth, simple. tooth fairy tooth sometimes. Fairy. Sweet tooth fairy. Boom. You're the tooth you fairy. Were, you were going to become a dentist. So. We found the tooth fairy. <laughs> right on. So that's, that's your, uh, so your blog is on your website then. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cause I'm, is that the thing that still kind of like inspires you? You're driving it to still your, your, Oh, well the art blog actually was something different. Actually, oh, okay. it's still an art blog. What am I talking about? It's just, oh. it has evolved so many different times. Yes. My blog is on my website. Cool. <laughs> What was that website? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we got to get ready for some meditation. Yeah, we're going to meditate. Uh, day two of uh, the awesome meditation seminar that Justine is putting on down here at Evolution Yoga Maui. And I think um, you were saying, too, that you were trying to get something like bi-weekly mm-hmm. um, over here at Evolution Yoga Maui. Mm-hmm. I think starting February, we'll be meditating twice a week here mm-hmm. in the mornings. Do you know okay. what day? Not sure yet. I'm gonna have to check with Red on the schedule, but yeah, no worries. When yeah, we make a we'll post, keep you posted. Yeah, we we yeah, when when you know, we'll probably make a post about about it too. Just make sure that people can come and mm-hmm. and uh, be a part of it. Yeah. So JustineTF.com for the information on that side. You can also do EvolutionYogaMaui.com for Red's side and find out information either way. And yeah, hope to see you guys out here. I mean, it's, it, I definitely benefited from the two hours, and I'm looking forward to this two hours. You know, it's always interesting when you come that these types of seminars where you're not familiar with what's going to happen and then you get a day and you're like, okay, yeah. that was kind of, you know, that makes sense. You know, the nerves are down now and you can actually really kind of come into this second day with an open mind and yeah. you know, you kind of have an idea what's going on, but you know, it's going to be a little different, but you're, you're ready. You're prepared. You're mentally mm-hmm. set up for it. So it's good. Totally, man. <laughs> well said brother. Well, thank you everyone. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, it was awesome. Have Thanks, a great guys. day. Thank you, Justine. <laughs> of yeah. course. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.